All right, we're going to finish out with a little beer trivia, a little bit of a taste of some trips that uh, I should say going to be a little going to be wow. a <laughs> you're listening to the hopped up network the show you're about to listen to is part of the hopped up network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the u.s and canada i think it's great find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts i love it i love you guys you're listening to the hopped up network you're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to. I can't Alright kids, welcome back to a special edition of Pints and Provisions because we are hosted by uh, gracious Ryan and we can't thank his wife enough for allowing us to record tonight with their two beautiful <laughs> twins upstairs. So it was fun to meet them. Uh, thanks Ryan for letting us come over here. Absolutely. It's been a big and crazy couple of weeks <laughs> around so. here. So a big, uh, a big cheers and congratulations to you, my friend, and your wife for uh, expanding times two really quickly and your family. Yeah, congrats. There nice. we go. And Mark's here as well. Um, it's going to be us three tonight. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our beers of the week to start off with. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go first this time. Go for it. Um, Brian, our Southern foodie, joined us, uh, Ryan and I, at my house for a couple of bottles. And I have to say, it's hard to pass up Assassin 2016, the Purple Wax, as my favorite recent beer lately. Um, You know, there are are a few breweries that just do a non-adjunct barrel-aged stout supremely and superbly, and that is one of them. And Assassin still kind of reigns as one of those, you know, top three non-adjunct barrel. You just get so thick, smooth, velvety mouthfeel. You get great barrel presence, good sweetness from the oak and nothing else. And, you know, nice nice uh, chocolate and dark fruit undertones on that Assassin. I think that's one thing the Assassin is well known for is that really dark fruit cherries and almost like chocolate covered cherries. So yep. uh, easy to say that was uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, that was drinking wonderfully yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, almost three years old, I guess. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, because Assassin Day tickets are going to be going up for sale for here pretty soon for 2019. So, I guess that was a 2016, but it was a January 2017 release, I think, because it was right before our wedding. So, so a little over two years old, and boy, it was really, really, really great. Yeah, we can squabble over the math, but yeah. uh, around three years, it was. Yeah, I think that since the last time we had one, which Brian was the lucky one to get tickets, right? So we had two bottles of Assassin and one KBBS. Yeah that it was definitely a little bit more rough around the edges, and time has done that thing well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Mark, your turn, my friend. All right. I'm also going to go with uh, a 2017 uh, bourbon barrel-aged stout. Um, 
nowhere near on the same level of what uh the assassin is but uh black note from bells yeah uh, the oh 2017. yeah uh i stored a couple of them and uh just thought i'd crack one uh and it, it's getting better with age uh it had not faded you know those black black notes are known for kind of being real smooth um and good alcohol but not boozy uh, i think it weighed in at uh, a little over 11 percent yep um just a it's kind of one of those ones that takes me back it's one of the very first uh bourbon barrel aged beers that i that i was like really excited about when i got a hold of it was kind of one that he chased uh you know in yeah. years past and and I was, I was always excited to get those. It was a great beer. Yeah, we talk about Bourbon County being one of the kind of the forefathers of barrel aging, but uh, Bell's with Black Note was definitely one of the few that followed shortly after uh, the Bourbon County craze kind of kicked off and yeah. much, much, much ahead of uh, its time before a lot of the current, you know, hard to get and, and really, really sought after barrel aged stouts um, that are being brewed today. Uh, definitely got some influence from Bell's with uh, with the Black Note, and that's one kind of like the Assassin that's really got a lot of dark fruit up front and a little bit more, I think, of a, a Russian Imperial Stout. So it's a little bit more on the bitter side, the bitter and sweet side. Um, and then, yeah, with some age, it fades a little bit and it really kind of molds into something pretty pretty delicious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So uh, right. I'm going to stick a little bit to uh, to the tune of things and go with another barrel-aged stout. Um, mine is one uh, of the series that we've talked about in the past, the uh, the Prairie Dog series. Um, oh, yeah. So I had one from the, the latest uh, release, so I think that they're on kind of the version two of the bourbon barrel-aged uh, series, and I think they did do an apple brandy barrel-aged series as well. So this year's... Um, this year's bourbon barrel age stuff is really out of this world, and there's probably thirty or forty different adjuncts out there for um, for the different combinations um, that people were getting. So the one that I had was Malo the Fluff Out. <laughs> it's a fourteen percent bourbon barrel age stout with marshmallow, vanilla, and cocoa nibs, and uh, exactly what it sounds just. Really, really vanilla, marshmallowy, uh, with with a little chocolate, with an incredible base uh, bourbon whiskey tone um, on the base of that stout. It was really, really good. What are the bottle counts on those? Because those are the when you're in the Prairie Dog series, you sort of have a group of friends, or sort of have a you know barrel of your own. Is it just one barrel? Is it like a couple? I wonder how many bottles because those are still twelve ounce bottles. They're twelve ounce bottles, so I think each member gets one barrel. And they can. Oh, nice! I think they can get, only make one beer out of one barrel, but I don't know if they can mix it up a little bit or what. But okay. I think, you know, there's there's groups of people that have multiple members, so that group oh, okay. will end up with three or four different beers. Gotcha. Uh, so the group itself will have a lot of different types, and I mean, I think some of these groups that are smaller, everyone's getting That's just 60, fun. 70 bottles a person. That's really fun. Um, so they're really stocking up uh, to really accumulate as much as they can from that one barrel. There seem to be a lot of snack cakes, too, I saw in terms of adjuncts, like Little Debbie, yep. uh, like Swiss <laughs> yeah. Miss Rolls, or yeah. Stark. I don't know. I, now, all of a sudden, I want one to be way Double stuffed crunch. Oreos. Double stuffed um, Oreos. Peanut butter stuffed Oreos. There's a lot of different peanut butter cookie. There's like just like peanut whatever. butter cookies and different types of cookies that whatever are whatever snack cake by uh little debbie you could think of <laughs> i think they threw one in there maybe a twinkie in there um <laughs> sure why yeah. not graham crackers and 
I mean, there's so many different things Diabetes. that they did, and did it, it sounds like... Diabetes. Did anybody do a moon pie? I would assume yes, but I don't know for sure. I <laughs> Next year. Next you year. know, when I see people post some on different social media groups or whatever, what they're drinking, it always seems like there's a new one that I haven't heard of that yeah. gets posted about. So yeah. really creative. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the whole program and, and just how unique it is, and it's a huge hit, too. So the combination of... Uh, kind of differentiating themselves and just like a new style um, and just how well they've executed. It's really, really uh, fun and, yeah. and good for, I think, I think the concept you know, is the really cool. creativity of craft beer. And the craft beer drinkers out there. They're just like, I haven't had enough of these adjunct stouts. Why don't we put some more junk in it? Yep, that's right. You know, they went down to the like diabetes aisle at the local grocery <laughs> store. Like what would be the weirdest yeah. thing to put in here? <laughs> the bakery aisle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off with a blind taster. Um, we're going to kind of sip on this, but Ryan, why don't you tell uh, what our side beer is? Yeah, so as we were getting set up here and uh, and enjoying a, a beer while we got going, it's uh, by Holy Mountain out of Seattle, Washington, and it is a sour ale aged in oak barrels on apricots. It's called New Jerusalem. It's uh, 6%. And I believe uh, it's a blend of uh, fresh oak barrels and uh, wine barrels. So it's got a, a pretty, I would say it's a pretty subtle barrel presence, but the apricot's yeah. really, really tasty. Um, it's pretty soft, uh, really easy to drink. And uh, this is actually my first Holy Mountain Sour that I've had, and I really, really am enjoying it. Yeah, it's well done. Tons of fruit, like yeah. tons of apricot, apricot however you want to call On it. On the nose and the finish, too. Yeah, almost like a apricot spritzer, you know, really sweet, sugary apricot. I like it. I mean, anytime you put, it, like, stone fruits, apricots, and sours, uh, and you put it in a barrel. Yeah, uh, there's no, uh, there's no uh, secret that we love the stone fruits. No, <laughs> we've no made secret. That, yeah, we've it's made it very apparent. Yeah, very. Thanks for sharing this. And this will kind of segue great into one of the topics we want to discuss in terms of uh, Holy Mountain and uh, kind of one of their sister, I don't know if they call it a sister brewery, but um, the, the brewer or the former former brewer of Holy Mountain had started his own project called Floodland Brewing. Um, Adam, I think it's Pacey or it's Passe. I'm probably trying to be a little too fancy with it, but he was the brewer that kind of went off and did his own thing and has kind of stirred the... Uh, internet pot stirred the pot stirred for the sure pot a little bit uh with some of his comments but we'll have plenty of time to get into that um so Ryan, now we have this, a black glass what do you guys is, this is different it's very, very different. different um i get like multi caramel i almost wanted to say a hint of maple but i think that probably is maybe that's probably just the 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 backbone the malt backbone just giving me a little bit of sweet sweet wood i'm not getting maple that there is so you're telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, that's that fine. I'm not getting that. But there is something sweet. I I got to think about this. I got to process. Like, I feel it's rather light on the body. It's not a super thick, velvety, creamy body. Do you think it's barrel aged? No. It's kind of weird, but I get like, almost like a, I don't. Why is that the first question you always ask? Is it barrel aged? I don't know. <laughs> There's always two questions I'm anxious to ask is. Adjuncts how's the, or what's barrels? The, well, adjuncts too, I guess. Adjuncts, barrels, and uh, the age. I almost get like this kind of botanical, kind of almost like a tea leaf kind yeah. of. 
Man, I cannot. This one's a tricky one, I think. Yeah. It's still a little cold, too. Yeah. Um, but again, I think like in terms of body, it just is rather, it's rather light on the body. Um, not a ton of carbs, so it's not overly carb like, uh, you know, a wild ale or a Saison or something I'm, where the yeast really I'm going to say this, the, is, uh, this has been aged too. This is not, this is not like a fresh <laughs> one. I think this has been in the cellar for a little bit, maybe. There's a good little bit of oxidation there. I'm kind of stumped. I get on this like one. a like a you, like a chlorine water kind of smell too. I'm getting a lot of sweetness on the taste that yeah that doesn't really match. From the what nose. I know about this, even though I haven't looked it up in a while, um, it's not one that I recall was going to be like overly sweet, but definitely quite a bit. He's got me stumped on this one. I'm not sure. It's almost a. I get I get like the taste and hint of a spirit on the mouth. Like a like a sugary spirit or a rum or something. This is are you sharing what it is already? Yeah. He's like, we would have never guessed it. I would never have guessed that. I thought you were wanting to find out. Yeah, I mean I you wow. had me stumped. Two thousand fourteen Panapot. Ale brewed with spices. I think we I think we kind of pick up on a lot of those spices. What are the... Does it list the spices? So this is an, uh, important, imported by our friends, the Shelton Brothers from Belgium. Because I get some sort of like... I keep going back to this like kind of tea leaf sort of... I don't know. Unfiltered, unpasteurized bottle condition. What have we got, Ryan? I, there's not really much description on like spices, uh, what they use here. Yeah, it's by Destrus Brewers out of uh, Belgium. It's a 10% Belgian strong dark ale. I would not have guessed 10%. And either. I'm sorry. I don't get any any bit of booze no, or no. heaviness on the malt or I anything like that that smooth. comes through on the booze. Um, but then again, the it's ABV. five years old. But yeah. it is five years old. Um, it basically... It doesn't have a lot of description of the the spices or anything. Um, it does say that it's it's aged in bourbon and Calvados barrels. Really, um, I think that that oak had faded. Yeah, but maybe that's kind of spirity. It maybe. could be the spices, but it could be some old wood, like maybe from the Calvados barrels, because that's basically apple brandy barrels. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I don't get an overwhelming think, barrel presence on that. Yeah, but that's a, maybe a little bit of the Belgian strong, kind of that the huge dark sugar like and candied sugars coming through uh, from that malt bill. Overpowering things. Yeah. And maybe a little bit that is combined with some of that Calvados apple brandy. And yeah, definitely not a ton of oak or anything like that, but it's interesting. I've had it for a while and I was waiting for a blind taste test. Uh, time to put it in a black glass and I, see how you, see you, what everyone thought of it. You stumped me on that one. I would I would totally agree though that letting this warm a little bit would be nice for it because uh, cold it's a little bit harsh, a little bit sharp around the edges, but it tastes like a quad as it opens up a little bit more. As like it a warms almost up. like a watered down quad though, yeah. without as much body and as well as without Definitely as much less flavor. body. Yep. I wish there was a description of. Uh, 
you know, it says with spices. I'd like to know right. what the spices are. <laughs> Whatever the Belgians decided to go yeah, get that day. Yeah. It's probably true. <laughs> yeah, well done. All right. Interesting. Interesting one. And then you go back to the Holy Mountain one. Tastes like Fruit Loops. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, like, like you open a box of Fruit Loops. You just get kind of sugary fruit. Oh, that's Smacks lovely. you in the face. Yeah. All right. Do you want to open up the Madagascar by four hands? Uh, the Ugandan coffee variant there. Do you need the... Oh, you don't need the Whale Slayer. They, wa- the they waxed it like a perennial and side project. Side deal. project, It's got too. the pull tab. The pull, pull, it's like doing pull tabs with my with my extended family on the small towns in Iowa. How much you win on that pull tab over there? <laughs> As like 400 of them lay on the ground and you won $5. Woohoo! <laughs> Has this already been warming for a while? Uh, sort of. I mean, I wouldn't say bit. it's warm, but it's 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 getting there. Okay, so to kind of get into a little bit of the uh, uh, next topic, which might take quite a bit, uh, is the Floodland Brewing. This is a place where they definitely have some very high-quality but very, very low bottle count, um, spontaneously fermented wild ales, fruited, barrel-aged, all the above, very exclusive membership rights and privileges. And, of course, at some point in time, someone realized they make some pretty damn good beer, which kind of opens up the secondary market on it. And, you know, of course, if you're going to make good beer, there's going to be more people who want it, and not everyone lives in Seattle or can get there or can be part of their club. So. They have a release, a handful of them go up online for sale, probably, you know, two to three times, you know, four times value just because they're so uh, exclusive and the brewer uh, doesn't really like that. So we kind of took to social media to uh, explain the reason why he did a one per couple bottle limit. It's because he wanted more people to be able to get the beer. And instead of like, us bringing our wives and then they also get a bottle which they may or may not be interested in um, that will allow more people to get and so when he took to social media for it essentially trying to maximize the amount of people that can taste it to taste it right you know at one point you know over time yeah his comments were very uh, vulgar and basically direct (laughs) in terms of like well if you're sleeping together you should be able to share a bottle together yep uh, he used a little bit more uh, colorful language there, which, you know, <laughs> since we're a family show, we're not going to say. But, you know, people, of course, found those comments sexist, uh, uh, misogynist, etc., all the above. And so, of course, the Internet lost its mind. So whether or not you agree with the policy or not sort of is the main point. And the secondary point is how well did he handle it, which probably that 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 point's easily argued. It's no, nah, he didn't handle it the best. You know, there's just so many other better ways to say that, but, you know, to to a guy like that who has probably put tireless hours into making a very small amount of beer for people who really want to have it and like to have it and he knows want to have it, you know, I can see why he could be upset. Now, whether or not he went about the right way about it, I guess time will tell. I'm sure his business won't suffer for it, but he probably also didn't make more friends through this. That's an introduction. There you go. Yeah, and I think we were introduced to it by uh, a, a craft beer uh, group that we follow that 
I think they posted the article that uh, this Adam gentleman posted, I guess, within the last week or so, just trying to draw a little bit of an internet discussion and um, get get some more people's thoughts on what's going on. And obviously, uh, you know, you open up the the waters, you open up the can of worms to uh, to the Facebook messengers and Instagram commenters and things like that, then you're going to get, uh, you know, a pretty wide range of feelings and quite a few people are pretty harsh at times and kind of say what they want. And sometimes the more positive people don't even chime in and it just becomes kind of a negative, you know, kind of thrashing against whatever the topic is. But uh, what what really kind of caught my attention is how against the you know, the, the brewer is against, um, what happened here? I poured the, oh, the Madagascar on the, the black glass. glass. I was like, no, Idiot. don't do it. Don't do it. Idiot. That's all right. You can do a clean pour over to the other glass. I sure can. Uh, so I guess what, what kind of caught my attention was really just, uh, how against he is with secondary and, and he was basically, uh, commenting in his post or his article about how, the only people that are upset about this are the ones that are going to profit on it. All the people that would actually just be getting one to drink are totally fine with it. Um, and I found that a little bit surprising with the whole one per couple thing. I feel like there's a lot of people that love going to get two, one to sure. seller, you know, age for a couple of years and one to drink fresh. Um, definitely one to just have with more opportunities, maybe one with family over Christmas and maybe one with friends and, Oh yeah, you know different things like that, or taken to a beer festival with a nice bottle to share, and then also just having a small gathering with one. You know, there's so many uses. So many times, a second bottle can come into good use without being a, you know, a secondary market seller. Yeah, so it just seemed like the the article was so heavy against people profiting on off of it that he said all the people that have been you know outcrying against this are are the ones that are the the profiteers and and he called them the razzlers and and things like that and um he also I, called I, I them the know. ones that align with Donnie Trump is what he said too yeah and then the it article. became a little political a little which political. I found very odd because it really hasn't if anything I probably hear a little bit more of the other side when you go to a beer festival and things like that probably the the people going against I think Trump, you just kind of missed the mark there it was <laughs> there was just a lot of bold comments that were just kind of interesting and uh the group we follow um, posted something about it today, and it really opened up a lot of angry comments, and people were attacking their journalistic credibility and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was just kind of an interesting uh, yeah. time, an interesting topic for beer, um, and I think that's what we're kind of getting to today. But yeah. um, I guess my you know my overall thought of it is, um, well, actually, I, I I found it interesting. Um, I don't know if we should share the brewery, but there was um, a small but fairly popular. Uh, brewer at a um, a pretty decent, you know, decently popular brewery that commented about how there's 7,000 breweries out there and only a few of them actually have the uh, the demand to be posted in a secondary group or a raffle group or a trade group. And he's honored when he, he finds out that his beer is posted in those. No, there there and is. He posted that in this uh, in this forum today. And I think that set some people off because they don't want to see any you know the people that are against the whole thing don't yeah. want to see bre- any brewery support it yeah um and uh so then there's a lot of people commenting about how the only time they ever acquire beer is to drink it yep. you know and that takes the fun out of it and trading's off <laughs> limits bit. and and everything else and i i find that hard to believe that that every person out there or this you know that 
most people usually have other intentions, you know, at some point down the road where it's at least an option. Yeah. You know, you go chase Bourbon County for a couple hours and if you end up with 30 bottles instead of 20, you know, at least you have 10 to trade with a friend. Maybe he's lives, you know, you know, we've got friends and stuff in North Carolina and other places around the country where it's not even like through a trade forum, but it's just like, Hey, if you can get some Westbrook Mexican cake and I can get a few extra bourbon counties, yeah, we'll swap next Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think the couple, there's, there's so many interesting points here to like discuss. I think first the standpoint of the brewer, I think the standpoint of the brewer is probably going to go one of those two ways. You're going to have the brewers that are absolutely offended. They are not going to be supporting any sort of secondary selling of their beers. And we know we know who these are. Like Corey King at Side Project is very much against secondary value and secondary market uh, selling of his beers. Yep. Um, you know, there's a handful of them out there. And I can understand, you know, someone that takes... I mean, think about how much effort, time... Um, and resources it takes to put out one side project bottle. And of course, I can understand the idea like when he puts out OWK, it's, you know, and in some of those derivations, um, unless you're like on their club and you yep. get a allotment 150 of, club members and yeah. those are the only people that get them. Otherwise, you, when you want to buy it and want to drink it, it's when you're there at the brewery yep. and they'll open it for you. You have, they will open it for you. And yep. when I say that, like you don't get to buy it and leave. They're they're going to open it when you buy it so and you, keep the cap, so you can't even put the cap back yeah. on. <laughs> so they want you to consume it on premises. Yep, sure. I think that's a draw. Like, you know, it, it gets people to your brewery, probably gets more people to your brewery, and you want people to enjoy the the beer that you made under the environment, your community, and spending money. Yeah, on yeah. He wants to support the the St. Louis community. He wants people. He wants to kind of control the experience of his beer, and I think. That's perfectly acceptable. But then there are these other guys out there who are more than happy to let their beers on the secondary market because it gets them street cred. Right. It gets them notoriety. It gets them a little bit more PR, which is free to them. Yeah. You know, these people are going to take two, three, four times value of those beers. But, you know. It exponentially they, increases their demand, it, too. It, yeah. Yeah. And so there, there sort of is the other side of it. And I don't think either song, either side is right or wrong. It just is you're going to have two camps in that. And you might have a few in-betweeners, but you're basically going to have two. I mean, Monkish doesn't care that people are selling their right. four-pack of cans for 80 to to $100 a, a four-pack on, on secondary market right. values. He didn't, he didn't care. You know, that gets his, his out there. And, you know, he has a line out of his door every time he does a can release. He tries to, you know, mitigate it by not a... Like, it's, he doesn't have a regular can release. It's yep. like, boom, it's open. Like <laughs> An troon, hour before at most. Troon, if you ever follow Troon, they're out in, uh, I think, the Philly, uh, New Jersey area. Uh, they make some, I guess, crazy beers. But they will post instantly when they have something available, and it pretty much sells out instantly. You know, people follow them close enough that, I guess, if you're around the area, you get it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. now that's that's the one side. That's the brewer side of it. Yeah, I guess um, I definitely, you know, if I were to open a craft brewery, I would absolutely be on the side of this uh the brewery that commented today that fully supported it and how it increases their demand and popularity and things like that um that was kind of that's always been my thought if i was on the brewer side and 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 i think a lot of the people that uh are against it are more purist and they really just want beer to be you know it is what it is and kind of just be more uh pure of any of the black market and stuff like that so 
I guess you can appreciate that, but uh, when it gets in other people's hands and you know, it's, it's, it's hard to control it. It's, it's not worth the stress to, to figure out who's doing what and who's selling. And, you know, I guess if for some reason you do find out that someone's selling it and you, you want to ban them, I mean, that's not that big of a deal and usually doesn't go down like that. But, uh, you know, what Floodland has done is just been outlandish where they've been a little aggressive, he, you know, bef- after their last release, he, uh, I think it went to members only and they have all their information. He wanted everyone to send a picture. Yeah of their face with their bottle that they got that um, that they still own. And it's like, you know, what if you took it over to a friend's house that night, opened it, drank it, and it ended up in their garbage can? Yeah. Are you going to go to that friend and say, hey, can we look through your dumpster? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just, it's one thing if you do it an hour later and you just hope that they have it. But uh, to, to request that and to get that into the details to figure out who's getting rid of theirs that quickly and everything else is just... Uh, a little excessive and and uh, to me it's just not worth uh, the energy the stress and it kind of makes you know it almost makes enjoying a, a brewery's beer that has that kind of attitude about it kind of makes you enjoy it a little bit less i think it's just to each their own i mean i think evan hit it you know everybody's got their own take on it and it this is not exclusive to the beer world i mean you can look at this in food <laughs> or yeah. hot sauces or anything else i mean you you name the topic and or the the product and you're going to have people that want um you know nationwide distribution and they want to sell 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 the and best on, wagyu they, beef is sold on a secondary market yeah and then but on the, <laughs> yeah. but on the flip side of all limited those supply products, on all those products you have you have the side that wants to sell 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 and then you have the purists or the artisans that are doing it for the love or for the craft not for the for the sell mm-hmm. but but for the art of the process and so you know, I just say to each their own. Uh, I think I would probably lean towards you, Ryan, the fact that it's like, you know, I would want, you know, my beers to be, uh, you know, uh, out there so people could try them and not not necessarily just the people in, you know, uh, you know a 50-mile radius would be the only people to have it. I mean, I think it's pretty cool when you see breweries blow up that are doing a great product because of uh, trade groups or secondary groups or whatever. You know, we, we could sit here and list places that you'd never heard of. And then all of a sudden, boom, yep. they are on the scene and killing it because of, of those trade groups. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I the, my instant reaction to this was, hey, Floodland, if you want to fix this problem, there's two things you probably could do. One, don't make great beer. <laughs> yep. Or two, don't release any bottles. Right. Just serve everything on right. tap in your place. Yep. And I'm not saying that they're making the wrong choice by him wanting to bottle these because I guarantee these are, you know, he really wants other people to enjoy these. Um, but I again, I think he took probably a little bit, he dug a little bit too much into the sand, uh, you know, dug his heels in a little bit too much on this. And it's probably going to be hard for him to, to, to kind of backtrack on this in terms of his reaction. Yeah. But that doesn't make him a, it just, he's, he's passionate about his own product, which... Yeah is refreshing to see. Right. But he's probably going to turn some people off. Now, if I'm in Seattle, am I going to try to go over to his brewery? You're damn right I am. Yeah. Because he's got a great reputation. Even the guys on podcasts that we listened to, tasting their beers blind thought it was... Blown away. Incredible. Yeah. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, guys that are well-tasted think that their stuff is worth it. I think he just need you know, respectively, I think he's looking at it like... I don't want those beers being marked up two, three, four, you know, times 
you know, what they should be, but there is another side to it. Um, even though those prices might be outrageous to, to the brewer and he doesn't want to see that happen, but it does, you know, if his, if his, you know, end goal is to, is to build a product or to, to make a product that people enjoy, there's people across the country that are enjoying his product that would never, Absolutely. ever, ever have a Absolutely. chance of getting it. Yep. So it's like, it, I, I see it both ways. So, uh, you know. But, you know, there, there are these guys um, that, that brew out there that, and, and it was interesting, one of his, um, um, what was the word, uh, 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 deatification, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't want everyone to continue to look at brewers as like rock stars. And these like amazing sort of, you know, deities basically, yeah. and that we should just see them as people making a product. But I guess when you do it better than a lot of other people, it's hard not to get noticed. It's the world we live in yeah. right now. I mean, least. like if, if you're going to, if you're going to make the, the most beautiful painting in the world, people are going to pay for it. Yep. If you're going to make the best um, hamburger in, in Peoria, people are going to want to go and you could pay more for you. You can charge mm-hmm. more for it. Um, the top, yeah, the top chefs in the world, the top uh, artists in the world. I mean, anyone that people are willing to pay extra money for to, to get a special experience, uh, those making that experience are, are rock stars. I mean, that's just kind of how, how this thing works. And yeah, if you, if you got a problem with it, I mean, that's like you said, Evan, it's like, Stop well, then don't make beer. it, you know, if that's, if you don't like the territory that it comes with, because um, he, you know, he, he commented. Well, I think one thing that I found interesting was he said that uh, he's he's very certain that if someone does sell their beer, he has enough insiders to find out who it is, which I find that very hard to believe. But um, he's he bottled magnums on the side as a reward for anyone who turns in a secondary seller or trader, or I don't know wow. if it's both. He's, and, he's offering rewards. And so it's like a ransom type of experience like, for some of this stuff. And it's dog, just like... Dog the bounty hunter. To me, it just seems like all that, it's not worth the stress and, <laughs> well, then and energy. And it's like, you know, yeah, then you I actually am okay with, you know, you limit it one per couple. It's, it's a little strange, but if you're really trying to maximize the amount of people that taste your beer that's that's okay that's not a that's not a big deal but don't go on a backlash against where these bottles end up and try to chase down anyone that that may get rid of you know one of their bottles for something else you know God, it's what a waste of like energy and emotion absolutely absolutely when he can put that into another yep. barrel and a beer this is going to be like the next season of HBO yeah. True Detective is going to be this yeah. guy I mean, like trying to find everybody in the And I would assume that you. I would assume that Corey King actually probably puts less beer out to members and to the public because he's because so of this. And he says, "Hey, you know, I can if I can charge fifty or sixty bucks a bottle here, which to some people say is ridiculous, but when you look at wine and everything, that's cheap for a good bottle. It's seven hundred fifty milliliters and everything." To drink on site at his place, it brings people to the community. I mean, there's people that fly to St. Louis his, his for side project. His beers have as much effort as you know any good yeah. wine. And so, know. if if that's his way of controlling it, hey, more power to him, and gives everyone more reason to go to side project because you know yeah. you're going to have some great stuff there to drink on site when you visit. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, what? I mean, you almost think something must have happened. Like, what? Why is he so like bent on this? happening to the point where he's i don't think it's a secret that's like what i mean like i think pretty much what has happened has happened 
Like you, we kind of know what's okay. happened. And he just is one of those, you know, he's a brewer and he can be this way if he wants, but you know, he, he really hates his stuff. He's seeing his stuff being sold in a secondary market because he probably knows everybody in there in in his club. He probably knows every one of them by name, knows what they do, sure. wants to get it to them. And maybe someday when he's got a little bit more capacity, he, he can kind of stress out a little less about it, but I don't know, you know? Yep, I I would maybe take the uh, the approach of uh, tap room only then, you know. Who knows? Stop. Probably a little releases. passion behind making sure that his uh, his loyal fan base or his loyal membership does in fact drink it. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. Sure. Well, like which makes sense. I get. You that. know, it's hard to hard to go against that. So remember the Henry and Fran beers. Yeah. You know, like anybody in the United States United States can get some of their cans and their beers. You just have to buy the tickets and you have to get somebody to be your proxy. Right. They don't care. Right. But you know, that's how Horace out of San Diego is too. Anyone can get them. Just someone has to pick it up for you. Yeah. You have to have somebody there to pick it up for you. And then they have to get it to you in whatever I means mean, that they think is there. There's easiest. ways, there's ways to go about to where your local people can get it. Like mm-hmm. here locally, like bearded owl. I, I actually appreciate the way that they do their bottle releases. They, they allocate, uh, for their what they would call their par- parliament, right? Is that what it's called? Which is a group of owls. Yeah, there you go. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's like so you have your allocated. You know, if you're in the in that group, you're almost guaranteed a bottle. You know, so that you right. don't have to sweat it. But then everything else is released to the public. So and it's, I know it's kind of a good blend of. And, and he set aside enough where the public was going to have an opportunity. Absolutely. To get those, yeah, but it wasn't like they were fighting over you know, 10 beers or something. And I'm sure that this is part of the same thing. Like those people in the club probably have some sort of investment, small, be it may, maybe I'll be at small, yeah. but they have some sort of investment into the brewery yeah. and the brewer. And he wants to be able to give back to them. But when you make such limited quantities, when maybe only those people can get them and you make such damn good stuff, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to keep your beers out of that sort of market, mm-hmm. no matter what you do. It's All right. Good should we, should have. we, should we segue into the, the, the Mark Black Glass? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you guys think? It's <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. I get like licorice, anise, like anise and licorice on the on the nose. I can see that. It's fading though as it's warming, that that licorice. I, yeah, I don't know if I get an ex- exactly licorice, but like a candied sugar type, um, type of nose to it. Um, Chocolate. My initial thought... And- which I don't think is correct, but my initial thought right when I got the taste was a soured stout. I don't think that's the case. I think it could be a fruited stout, maybe a little bit like I'm thinking maybe like a, like a jam the radar type, but almost had a little bit of tartness and I'm trying to let it warm up a lot because it's, it's helping it to warm. It really yeah, is. Yeah. I, I just, some of these are, you know, like I remember when we had the, uh, the apple brandy resolute and it was like right towards the end as we were, kind of guessing but kind of wrapping up could i taste that apple brandy and yeah. i was dead wrong up until yeah. that point so so you guys um, think it's a stout yeah i think it, yeah it's it, it's a stout or a barley wine um at this point now the next question the ever-present question is it barrel aged i think it's adjuncted okay i just feel like it would be hard to get all of these flavors out of just the four ingredients yeah, I would agree, and I'm going to go a stout. 
I get a little bit of caramel. I get a lot of caramel. I get yeah. a lot of caramel and toffee. Yeah. There's enough of a finish of some of that roasty chocolate that I do think it's it's more on the chocolate malt side on a, a little bit more of a stout. Yeah. Um, I could be roastiness. way wrong. Roastiness. A little bit. But I do get the more like dark. The darker, nose is really confusing. This is always me, so interesting. When the you darker know what fruits, it is. the darker fruits. Um, I would agree that I tend to. I'm tending to lean towards um, less. I I just get less of the sort of chocolatey, vanilla, sugary adjuncts, and more of the fruit. I mean, yes, fruit is sugary, but more of the natural sugary fruit kind of ingredients in terms of maybe an adjunct. It is an adjunct. It is a stout. It's just so it's this. Oh, uh, there, there's one. There, you guys are you guys are dancing around this. I mean, I think pretty well. There's, I really do think it's a ras like a raspberry, um, blackberry raspberry. I think it's like some kind of like poor man's backyard rye. Yeah, like a um, backyard. It's definitely you know even with backyard being six years old now or five and a half or whatever it is. I what, I'm what's almost the last positive. Thing, what's the last thing you taste as it finishes? Chocolate. Maybe a little bit of berry, but mostly yeah, chocolate, chocolate is my is what I get on the finish. So I would guess. So as it finishes, maybe cherry. I what, mean, maybe what, it's cherry, but there's something that because I know what it is, but there's something that I get. It's slight. It's slight, it's but vanilla. it's there. Like when it when it finishes, like what's left in your mouth. It's really sweet, and there's a little bitterness to it, like. <laughs> this is. He's 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 encouraging us to the to the nth degree here. Like we're right there. You guys are you guys. I'm proud of you guys right now. You guys are kind of nailing this. Like like initially, I still get that like licorice anise um, um, nose on it, but I don't get that in the taste. I don't get I don't get any of that in the taste. I'm I'm trying to get see if there's cinnamon or banana or anything unique like that. And I do not. I'm fairly certain that you guys have had this before. I know. I feel Ev- like it's a Bourbon County rare, I know variant or something. I know. I mean, Evans my guess would be Jam the Radar by Bottle Logic if I really had to guess, but I'm still not getting. I'm probably not getting enough of like a super whiskey flavor. Um, so is it barrel aged? I not? do think it's barrel aged though, because I think there's a little bit of complexity, um, and and I think things. I mean, maybe it's it's a little aged, but I think it's fresh, and I think it's barrel aged that's adding some complexity to it. I think it's fresh. I don't get as much barrel presence, I guess, in my opinion. I just don't, and that doesn't mean it's not barrel aged. It just like could be old barrels, you know, barrels that have been through two or three sittings. But it just isn't an overwhelming flavor. Brian, I think well, you've had this too. I know Evans had it for sure. I was with. Evan. Did you bring it to my house or something, or did we have it at your house? Um, if my memory serves me right, we had it at your house. Okay. This is this is yeah, like that the, Saga Tuck. Uh, no cherry chocolate no. stout or something like it's that. It's actually pretty funny because it or tastes bells. completely different than right. it did. When Do you we want to know what it. it is? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm good. So this has changed quite a bit. So we had this and nobody liked it at all. And I thought it'd be fun to age one, let it mellow a little bit. This is the Founders Lizard of Kaz. Oh, and the one that we thought blueberry. Was, the one it that we like thought crayons was, and blueberry. We thought it was liquid crayons before. It's better. It's so, better. So there's blueberry, there's chocolate, and vanilla, and it's bourbon oh, barrel aged. We did a pretty good job. Uh, 10.5%. Doesn't taste like 10.5 either. Yeah. Fresh mi- Michigan I mean, it may taste like I would have guessed high. Eight. 
Eight, nine? Yeah, I would have guessed. I, I probably should have guessed, but, but I would have said probably nine or when ten. When it was cold, I get that black licorice that you were talking about. Yeah. Like right at the beginning, it's like boom. You don't get really on the taste, but on the nose, it just kicks you. But the funny thing is like I get the vanilla. like there's I guess, like I, just, I guess the, it is blueberry, not raspberry. But there's a there's a just a split second after it finishes it's, that it's, it's dark been berry. On. Blueberries are yeah. technically dark. We'll give it to you. <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. Good job. Hmm. Yeah, that's a- aged, aged, aged. I mean, I, I, I of cause. <laughs> if you were to tell me all of them will age this way, if you go buy some, I don't know for sure if I would go buy one right now. I mean, it's been in, um, it's been in a f- the refrigerator since the day I bought it. I so. feel like it's like. I don't love it, you know. I'm not blown away. Right, no, but, but it's um, it's, uh, it's. I will definitely, say, definitely I will come say a long it's way. Much, much better. Than it was a mess. Yes. We thought it might have been infected. I mean, it was a mess. It tastes when like we crayons. drank it fresh. It tastes like crayons. Yeah, it didn't taste very good. And it, like you said, it's still not like blow your mind. But uh, time did this well. Yeah. Well done. Well, I've got one. I'm gonna go. Um, Pop that while you guys uh, enjoy this. We're currently, you guys like this. Why don't I'm, you guys talk I'm about shift this? to the other beer. Forget you guys, this one. yeah, you guys talk about this Madagascar um, Four Hands, the Ugandan variant. Um, Dude, this thing is coffee in your face. Like, yeah, like, lots of coffee. And this is a year old, right? Wow. Yeah, it's, it, at this point it is. I can't imagine what that was like fresh. 2018. Yeah, so the the Madagascar Uganda, I actually thought the Uganda part was uh, before reading the description and and when I smelled it, I all I got was coffee. So I was I thought the Uganda part initially was like a extra type of vanilla beans. I thought Uganda vanilla beans on top of the base Madag- Madagascar yeah. that's got Madagascar vanilla beans. So I was expecting it to just be vanilla in your face, right? And then all I could smell was coffee. So I started reading the description and it's. Uh, I, I did like what they did with this, as they took the base Madagascar, um, which is a, a bourbon barrel aged milk stout. Mm-hmm. So it's actually it's creamy from the lactose on the milk stout, but it's only nine percent, so it's a little easier to drink. And I've always found it to be super flavorful, really chocolatey, and a really really good uh, good showcase of what a milk stout can be. Sure. And what they started with last year was a couple different kinds of variants, and I don't remember exactly what all the different types they did, but this Uganda is uh, is an addition of uh, Goshen Coffee Company, which I assume is out of St. Louis or at least somewhere in in that area, um, addition of their uh, Uganda bean mm-hmm. that they had probably fresh when this was brewed or at least uh, dry hopped you know, later on after it was bourbon barrel aged in. I mean, when you when you smell it, it is, is straight coffee. It is, and I love and- it. Like... That really, really just nice, fresh ground coffee smell right, right after you get is, done grinding some it's beans impressive up. impressive because, you know, typically uh, a lot of beers that have a coffee adjunct to them, that coffee tends to fade rather quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty impressive that that is still like smacks you in the face when you yeah. smell it. Uh, great, great coffee flavor, but then that vanilla comes through and just that, you know, it's, it's kind of nice, layered. It's like it yeah. goes coffee and then the coffee fades away and it flows into the vanilla and then vanilla fades away and it flows into the chocolate um which uh i always i always like how i'd love to know if that's an actually an attempt by the brewer to do that when they actually just flow into each other like that Um, but this is uh this is great this is really really enjoyable and four hands is out of st louis if we didn't mention that earlier and uh 
really, really fun place to go have some beers. They do a good job on site. They've got a little bit of food menu um, in a cool part of town and uh, always have a good draft list. And they make a lot of just kind of more uh, kind of traditional types of beers, but they do have a pale ale and IPA and yep. different different lighter stuff that uh, if you take, you know, girlfriend, wife or you know, some people that aren't as into, uh, as deep into craft beer as we are, uh, they would definitely have a good time at this place. In the description of the beer, it does talk about, uh, it being layered with, uh, you know, the coffee and layers of vanilla and bourbon, uh, that just blend. So I, I just think, wouldn't know how you would make it to have it. I mean, you totally taste how it's layered. I just right. wouldn't know how the the actually brewing technique to, well, to make that happen, and maybe Evan knows. Well, you probably do it in different steps of your brewing po- process. You do it in the mash, you probably do it in the boil, and you might do it, do it a little bit in secondary. You know, you, you'll pull out a little bit thing, little bit of different things when you do it right from the get-go in the mash, then you do it at every other step of the way. When do you think they're adding vanilla, and when do you think they're adding coffee? You think it's multiple times throughout it? Could be, could be. As much coffee that's in this, I, you would think it would have to be multiple. But maybe well, not. and in two, they may they may mess like they may use some malts to kind of really accentuate sure. and um, emphasize a lot of the coffee mm-hmm. flavors in it that they use on the back end. So they use a lot of coffee malts on the front end, um, or they may even put coffee in the the mash or coffee in the boil um, beans, or they do cold brew uh, throughout the process. So it's a little bit. Uh, you get a little bit of different, you know, yeah. steps of the way. It's a fun one. Do yep. you remember what other variants they did of this? The double port barrel. Okay. Um, I, re- I recall that. Now. And I had the I had the regular version from this year, and I was so pleasantly surprised um, at you know when when did you, you get it in town. Uh, no, in St. Louis. Oh, okay. So we're from from my friend who lives in St. Louis. Okay. Sorry. When you live in a world where there are like Hanges and FOs, <laughs> yeah. and then you ha- and then you're like, oh, Madagascar, like this, this was like the the echelon, you know. Of I think you're taking this a different direction, saying you live in a world of Hanges, but I'm glad you just kept it to beer. <laughs> My new soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh. even realize I said that when I said oh. it. Okay, family, so family show. <laughs> We're so worried okay. about swearing that we just dropped that. All right. Hey, real quick, guys. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm actually <laughs> I'm impressed with um, uh, you know, a lot of times. Yes, you, Evan. In the world of beer, <laughs> yeah, when you of, have a world three of Floyd's beers. marshmallow hangy. I know this is only a year and fundamental old, observation, but I am impressed with the. Um, you know, a lot of times you start getting uh, uh, beers that get a little less carb, but this thing still has like some decent carb in it. Look at that when you swirl it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of stouts that you pour, you'll get that thin tan head just for a, a short time and then it goes flat. Yeah. This thing, I'm halfway through the glass and I, I'm still hanging on to that uh, little, you know, eighth inch, quarter inch of uh, tan kind of foamy head i i it. appreciate the fact too that they made a 9.3 percent stout instead of a 15 percent stout. yeah yeah where you do it's not i think it's got the perfect body for its abv absolutely where when you have a 15 percent 14 percent 16 percent stout yeah. you need a huge yeah like beefy mouthfeel like yeah. a huge like body to it and they are i mean and obviously i'm not gonna criticize these 
monster 14, 15, 16% that, uh, that we often have on here because they're just absolutely phenomenal. But, uh, it is kind of refreshing to be able to get a ton of flavor out of a 9% barrel aged stout. Um, and it, it's certainly easier to drink a little bit more volume and not, I mean, yeah, some of these, they hit you pretty quick when it's, uh, when it, you know, the Jay Wakefield stuff, when we had that with assassin, Oh Lordy. Um, I mean, that's just, even it's small pores divided by three or four or whatever. It's still, uh, it adds up quick. Yeah. All right, man, man, Evan, I just stuck my nose in this, uh, <laughs> black glass and it's like real, real quick, real quick, you know, cause we're, we're running low on time. Um, we're gonna do my last black glass. Um, this has got some like serious like uh, armpit funk to it. <laughs> I even tried boom. to boom. It's like whoo armpit funk. Yeah, man. yeah, that's like like, uh, like teenage that, that's like locker mi- room. That, that's funk. like middle school funk right there. Hmm. Not a lot of bitterness to it. Pretty smooth. I think I have too much of that Madagascar. <laughs> Still on my tongue to uh, to fully appreciate this, or or to, I shouldn't say appreciate to fully get some flavors. What is that? <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna say it's some sort of a. Uh... Yeah, what? Let me think about saison. I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. It's always fun on this end. It's kind of a, a little bit of a piney. I uh, get some hay. I get I get like the, some farmhouse hay yeah. on the nose. Maybe it is a saison. Smells very green to me. Green. Yeah. Maybe that's the what you're describing as the the hay. Yeah, I mean I'm getting a lot of earthy tones. Some even like some dirt. I say that a lot. It's like. No, not just kind of dirty from the earth and and some farmhouse hay. All right, maybe that wet hay that Evan often describes. Don't you? Um, get, I think you guys. No, I'm, I'm gonna help you out. I mean, I, I would almost guess this could be Evan's saison. Oh God, no! That was woo. No. It didn't. It didn't blow up over there. <laughs> <laughs> that damn yeast. Maybe he opened it before he that came yeast. over here. <laughs> that yeast. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely blame the yeast on that one and probably my uh, efforts with the yeast, but stop. I think you guys need to step back a little bit. Step back. You guys are using a lot of great descriptors, but you guys are overthinking it. I'm just going to go with like a... So it's an IPA. Because <laughs> now I get bitterness as I uh, take a little bit of a step back. I don't get a lot of bitterness though. That's Boy. that's impressive. Or maybe maybe you're just tainted from what we were drinking before. And maybe that's it cuz were you saying some pineapple, Mark? No, just like kind of a or piney. Yeah, kind of it's like kind of a green piney. I think the I think the most interesting thing is you guys are nailing all of the um kind of tasting notes here that I think that most people would and I am too as I'm tasting it knowing what it is but then you're sort of over guessing yourselves yeah well, I mean now that we're my now ne- that my you're, tr- you're giving us some hints here so I, I'm getting a big bitter backbone so I would guess it's maybe some sort of east coast IPA um, my knee-jerk reaction would be that it's 
something from Dogfish. <laughs> yeah, this is not from my cellar. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Not from my it's, cellar. It's this really time. carbed, so it's probably not one of his 2011 Raisin Day <laughs> Etras or whatever. No. <laughs> However, or my 90 minutes or 120 <laughs> minutes? No. 2003 90 minute. No, this is fresh. Um, this is pretty well carved. I got to think this is fresh, and I, I'm going to guess it's uh, it's fresh. I'm going to go with it's, uh, it's not monkish go bombatomically. I don't think. No, I'm no. just going to go with but, a, a pale ale. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I definitely get a lot more of an IPA or or a pale ale, but I'll go an IPA because I think it's a little heavier. Um, I would guess something in the East Coast. I mean, you had a second dinner recently. I don't know if that's what you brought, Ooh. but uh, I think this is probably a little bit unique from that and. Maybe a little more bitter, but I wanted I wanted to bring something that was yeah, um, go for it seasonal but not hard to get. So I went with this year's Bell's Hop Slam. Okay. Oh. And I think you guys did a great job of getting all the good tasting get, notes. I don't like, get the honey though. That's weird. Well, but that's okay. A little you bit got, of the sweetness though. You got earthy. You got piney, um, green you know a lot of those good descriptors of hops and then you've i what's the ibus on that like i 100 is it i, I just so, don't yeah. i don't get it was on the back end, i think it was it was part of the uh the 100 ibu club that was a yeah. big deal you know four or five years ago when, is that our palates just uh, recalibrating i don't know i mean i don't maybe i mean i get a ton of bitterness when you said take a step back because i was heavy into that saison mode and but wasn't getting too I had much to of saison. back from the saison. See, I still, I still don't get the <laughs> the nose, the, the big bitterness. I don't know if that's because of the coffee stout I was just drinking. So or this was, this was. I, I think could, it was the beginning you know, of January. I could feel this like on the bat, like the side of my gums as it kind of flowed through my mouth. Like that's where I could. You feel yeah. that heavy bitterness. Yeah. On the finish, that's where I really felt it after. I mean, yeah. after you kind of hit it. That's hop slam. That's hop slam. Huh. I mean, it's what? What was it? The third of January that that was probably canned? yeah. I think I think the bottle that can said third uh, of January. Okay, so not 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 like not old at all for for a double IPA that's made by Bell's and it's canned. That's still considered. Oh yeah, right on it. I just felt like the this last weekend. I was like, I, I just I want Hop Slam because you had mentioned it, Ryan. Like, and I didn't end up trying any yet. And and I I really enjoyed having a pint of it. You know, it kind of reminds you of what the IBUs and bitter uh, bitter. IPAs that we oh for sure fell in love with, um, and I really enjoyed it because basically I just had a bunch of stouts in my fridge and I had to have something a little bit maltier, a little bit hoppier. And I like the bitterness. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was fun. It's a fun one. Um, I always enjoy being challenged. Yeah, I think we've got a couple of interesting things on on deck in the future. So uh, look for some more episodes. Check us out on Twitter. Assassin see- tickets tomorrow. Assassin tickets tomorrow. Yeah, make sure you get yours. Um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, check out Peoria Bon Vivant, Mark, and taking all of his wonderful pictures. Uh, and of course us on Facebook, but get us anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, not really any formats that you can't get it. So, uh, hopped up network is still, still running, riding strong and they got lots of new podcasts. So check those guys out. Um, you can go there to get our podcast as well. So if you don't have a regular source for your podcast, you can go to hoppedupnetwork.com. Guys, anything else? Nope. All right. Cheers, basketball guys. season is about to get in full swing in terms of college That's basketball. Right. It's getting real interesting. So uh, I was enjoy that. looking good. All right. All cheers, right. Cheers, guys. guys.